everyone. Welcome to Reservations. We're your hosts. I'm Rain Whalen. And I'm this bad name of GMO right here. <laughs> in the uh, in the very bulky shirt. It's it yeah, it's like a it's a shirt it's a shirt jacket. It's a, 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 a I can't think of a good no, but amalgam. It's, yeah, it's it's a shirt jacket. It's pretty sweet. Is that pockets? You know, you just got the, the front ones on either side. Uh, front ones meeting on my chest, like the chest pockets, the nipple here. pockets, and but no pockets on the sides that I can put my hands in. So yes. I was really bummed out about that, but it's dope. It was fourteen dollars at TJ Maxx. Today's episode brought to you by TJ Maxx. Uh, <laughs> uh, dress your best for less. Uh, That's Ross. Oh, okay, whatever. That <laughs> I only know that from Big Mouth. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> this episode's definitely not brought to you by Ross. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> welcome, welcome back, everyone. Um, we hope everyone enjoyed your week off. Uh, I know we enjoyed our week off. We did enjoy our week off. Um, so, like we, I'm pretty sure we mentioned it last week with Alex, uh, who sadly is not uh, here with us today. Not, he's, he's not dead. He's, he's just not, dead. not. Yeah, he's just. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. He's, he's getting ready for a Halloween party tomorrow. So, But uh, anyway, uh, like we mentioned last week, uh, we got all three of us, uh, me, Jeremy, and Alex, got to visit a real-life movie set. Um, Very exciting stuff, by the way. Anyway. <laughs> yes, uh, so... Yeah, it was so crazy. I, I've been telling everyone what we experienced. Yeah, um, man, we've been we've been flexing us pretty hard about. <laughs> uh, we're obviously not real gangsters because we're flexing nuts. Um, yeah, because because real gangsters know they got them. That's right. Real gangsters know they got them. Um, oh man, ghetto <laughs> boys. Anyway, um, yeah, yeah. It, it was too much fun. We got to meet a whole cavalcade of people um, from producers to key grips to. You know, oh man, the cook for the oh yeah, for the set. he was great. I love that guy. Um, gave a cool story when he was working the set for Blank Check. That was cool. For those of you who don't know, Blank Check, that's my jam. And uh, <laughs> that's your jam, your jelly, your peanut butter. That's right, man. That movie is awesome because that kid bought a castle, and that's pretty cool. Oh yeah, <laughs> and he was friends with Tone Loke. That's awesome. And his and his, uh, and his bodyguard was Sinbad. No, you're thinking first kid, which I also like, by the way. Am I confusing those yes. two? First Fuck. kid is... Wait, listen, we don't have time uh, for this. Uh, <laughs> we don't have time to go through the, the 90s Disney movies? No, but that's a really good one. That one's with Sinbad. I love Sinbad. <laughs> um, and it's so funny that American Dad has kind of given him a second chance. Yeah, I mean, I... I'm, oh, God. Sinbad, I love you, buddy. I hope you're listening. And um, well, I, I definitely know who else is listening. Oh, is uh, it uh, our friend Joel? Yeah. And I hope Wayne Knight, who we met. We did get to meet the great Wayne Knight. What a super nice guy. Yeah, if anyone doesn't know, um, he is most notably known as Newman from Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, if you're an uncultured swine um, and you have never watched an episode of Seinfeld, he is Dennis Leary from Jurassic Park, the uh, hefty gentleman. His name is really Dennis Leary, like the actor. Oh, I just know his first name is Dennis. I uh, could be way off. Yeah, Dennis Leary. I don't know. I don't know. Rescue me is Dennis Leary. Um, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm... Uh, 
I got it wrong, and I'm going to look it up now because it's going to bug okay, the great. shit out well, of me. Well, while you're doing that. Because I absolutely love uh, Jurassic Park. And anyway, so Dennis, the guy who steals the embryos, that's, that's right. Wayne Knight. That is Wayne Knight. Um, those of you who love Oliver Stone and quasi-history, he was also a part of Kevin Costner's... Oh, Dennis Needry. Needry. That was close. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah but he yeah. was a part of... Um, <clears throat> Uh, the law staff or whatever in JFK as well. And his name in that movie? Newman. Newman? Really? Yeah. I'm That's dead funny. serious. But yes, uh, like Jeremy said, he he was incredibly polite. Um, you know, and we met him twice. Yeah. Um, so uh, my stepdad <clears throat> is the production manager for the film. Um, Should we probably say the name of the movie that we went to? Yes. Yeah, well, I'll say it in a second. Okay. Scott said that was okay. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> there, there's a lot we can't talk about, but there's a lot we can talk about. Um, but anyway, so my stepfather, Scott, <clears throat> production manager on the film, he was taking us around to the different trailers, like the makeup and costumes. And as we're walking out of the hair and makeup trailer, here comes Wayne Knight yeah. and uh, shakes... My hand, your hand, Alex's hand. I mean, what a thrill. That that was pretty cool, man. I, and I remember all of us were just staring at our hands. They were like, like, wow, that was kind of cool, man. Like, I mean, did that just happen? That was really neat. Yeah. And then uh, later in the night, um, when they were really getting into what they were filming that day. Ugh, which, I mean, guys, if you're going to be on a set, comfortable shoes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I asked you, I don't know how your feet were hurting in those uh, dress boots. Um, well, well, I wouldn't. Well, they weren't dress boots, but I mean, the, yeah, they like are chuck up boots. Yeah, kind of. Um, they're my usual footwear. Um, <laughs> e- anyway, but um, I mean, my feet would have hurt anyway. Even in tennis shoes, they would have hurt. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, mine were because we were on our feet for ten hours. Ten hours. Yeah. 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 Um, but it was a lot of fun. So the film. If anyone would like to get on IMDb and check it out, uh, the film is called 12 Mighty Orphans. It is based on a true story. The title comes from the book that was written about it. And here's a brief little synopsis um, on IMDb. Like I said, anyone can look this up. Haunted by his mysterious past, a devoted high school uh, football coach needs a scrawny team of orphans to, to the state championship leads, I'm sorry, leads a scrawny team of orphans to the state championship during the Great Depression and inspires a broken nation along the way. Now, I saw the cast, and that scrawny is correct. It was, uh, they were very thin. Oh, yeah, yeah. Very yeah. thin kids. Yeah. So we, we saw the 12 mighty orphans. Yeah. Um, now, I should say, because I I noticed it afterward, um, mm-hmm. one of the, the main orphan actors... One of the actors who played one of the orphans, whatever, <laughs> orphan actors, orphan Annie. Listen, um, <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying, but uh, I recognized him, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of. I mean, he looked familiar, right? Oh, isn't this, this is a kid that you looked up while we were there, yes, right? Yes, because I was like, God, I know who that kid is. And I, I would walk by him. I would say, hey, every once in a while, mm-hmm. you know, we were there for so long, you know? And so I would run into him all the time and I would just say, hey, or whatever. And he would always be smoking or whatever. Oh, so cool. Anyway, <laughs> I wish I smoked. Um, Flicks the cigarette at you. Yeah. Yeah, just moon walks away. Yeah, move. No, he didn't do it. He was super <laughs> nice. But uh, he plays Neckbone in Mud. One of one of my oh, that's favorite. Right, that's right. Yeah, definitely one of my favorite uh, Matthew McConaughey performances. Um, yeah, and is in Mud, and he is in that movie. And I was like, oh, that's right. He was Neckbone. Yeah, and so we 
So we got to hang out on set all day. We were in the same room as the lead star, Luke Wilson. Yes, but uh, the most important to me, we were in the same room as Martin Sheen. That was a big deal. And he said hi to us twice, and I couldn't believe it. And yep. That's President Bartlett right there. That's West Wing. <laughs> that's Apocalypse Now right there. That's Wall Street right there. And uh, what a legend! You know, if we if we had gotten the chance to meet him, um, you probably would have hit me with the question I would have asked him. But I would have asked him like, "Hey, what was it like knocking out Andy Samberg and Pop Star?" I absolutely would have. Uh, <laughs> only because I mean, I was like, "What? That's a stupid question." <laughs> Ask that now, Mr. President. I'm so sorry he asked you that. Is probably what I would have done. Um, and then he would have been like, "Just call me Martin." He's like, "No." <laughs> Mr. President, listen. Um, no, it's I. I don't even remember him in that movie. By the he, way, Pop he's Star? just in a brief little okay. part of the, when they're making fun of TMZ. It's called CMZ. Oh, gotcha. And it's like Connor for real knocked the hell out by Martin Sheen. <laughs> and it's like a you know a fan took this video at like the airport mm-hmm. and like Connor for real Andy Samberg is like up in his face and Martin Sheen just decks him in the face, dude. Wow. And then I Martin Sheen's like, yeah. <laughs> and uh, now another person that I that I noticed incredibly nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he went out of his way to go to the to the truck where they were cooking the food, and he was like, "This is wonderful. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it." You know, like he didn't have to do that stuff. You know, it was just you know so incredible to see him being so polite, you know, mm-hmm. and so nice. And, you know, and what a difference between walking by Luke Wilson, who's like 6'4", you yeah. know, and Martin <clears throat> is eye level with me, which is nice. Yeah. Um, um, so I've been telling everyone this story of my brief interaction with Luke Wilson mm-hmm. and how I feel like I fucked that up. And Ashley feels incredibly guilty. <laughs> so so this is how I've been going. Um, and don't worry, everyone. We're going to get to the actual episode. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to it. Yeah. We apologize. No, I don't. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> so they're filming a, a scene. I don't feel like I should say what scene, even though I've been telling everyone what scene they were filming. Oh, anyway, I don't even remember anyway. I, I remember. Oh, okay. Because this is burned into my brain that I fucked up this interaction. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. The one person I really, really wanted to meet, I fucked it up. Anyway, so they're filming in like the kitchen area, filming this scene. We're all outside the doors mm-hmm. that lead into the kitchen, you know, us and a lot of the other crew, you know, miscellaneous crew. And um, my wife calls me <clears throat> and I'm sure they couldn't have heard me talk through the doors. But still. But still, I didn't want to ruin a take. Um, you know, it was already so late, you know. So really, I, I didn't, like didn't want to be responsible for them having to redo a take because um, I know that costs money. So I snuck off to uh, the nearest bathroom, which was still in the house, mm-hmm. which before we get to the episode, I want to talk about that house. But anyway, yeah. Um, so I sneak off to the bathroom and coincidentally, I had to use the bathroom. So it all worked out. So I'm doing my business, talking to my wife and I get done. And I'm still talking to her and I'm like, oh, well, I'm sure they're still filming. I might just stay in here till we're done talking. And we're talking, we're talking. I don't even remember what we're talking about. And someone knocks at the door and jiggles the handle. I'm like, ah, oh, well, I'm sure someone's got to actually do their business. So I open the door and I guess I startled the person on the other side of the door who was Luke Wilson. <laughs> so I open the door. There's Luke Wilson. I'm on the phone with my wife and <clears throat> I'm like pale 
I feel like I went pale because I'm like, oh, my God, there's Luke Wilson. I don't say anything. And like I said, I think I startled him because he was like, oh, I'm sorry about that. And all I could say back was, oh, no, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. It's my wife, you know. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's funny. No, I'm, I'm sorry. And he was like, oh, no, there's no need to. And and I guess Ashley could tell something had happened because she was like, well, hey, I'll, I'll call you back. And I'm like, okay. And I hang up the phone. <laughs> and I remember I kind of walked back to you and Alex, like, head down, like, so I just met Luke Wilson. Well, oh, that's pretty cool. I yeah, I saw him walk up. by just a second ago. You know? I was like, yeah, fuck that up. Actually, I watched him go to the bathroom. <laughs> I watched him walk towards the bathroom, which is where he ran into you, actually. I yeah. I, he walked right back. <laughs> I was up on the first stair in the staircase. Mm-hmm. One of two on either side of the door, and we were about eye level, which is how tall he is. Because yeah, I, yeah, I was standing God. on that first stair and whatever. But anyway, that was—I mean, it was cool to be around the film set. Me, I mean, you know, seeing movie stars or whatever mm. is cool. But really, the really cool part, and I think Alex would share this with me as well, is just seeing the whole thing how it works, mm-hmm. right? Oh, absolutely. And, and seeing Ty, the director, you know, meeting him. And, and I think it was super cool, too. It was really cool. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, seeing that. <clears throat> and that's something, like, I've been telling a lot of people is how cool it was to see how these movies are made. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, I'm sure you do, too. You know, we watch these behind-the-scenes footage, you know, of you know someone doing B-roll and, you know, showing, like, the directors and... I don't know if it's a term that everyone uses, but what Scott called the video village, mm-hmm. you know, where they could see camera A and camera B, you know, seeing that in a special feature was like, oh, that's cool. But actually being there, watching what the camera is seeing. Was... I don't know if we could thank Scott enough for the amount of access we had. Oh, absolutely. I mean, because in people we... on the production were so nice, too. Oh. I mean, it, I didn't I didn't meet one mean or rude or inconsiderate person on the, anywhere. Oh, I, I don't think it, I don't think any of us but wanted to. I, you know, I would kind of be in the way, I guess, and someone would go, "Excuse me, can I get by you?" I'm like, "Dude, I'm not even supposed to be here. <laughs> like, you can just knock me down if you want, man. Just, like, what? Are you, just, just push me aside. Yeah, and do what you Treat need to do. Treat me like garbage <laughs> because I am garbage Spit for being in my face. Your way. It was amazing <laughs> that they were just like, "Hey, do you mind if I get past you?" I'm like, yeah. "Yes." I, I was mentioning that to someone today, and they're like, "Do you think it was because it was more?" of a independent movie or it's I possible know, I, was like, I was like it's po-, you know that's why I said I was like it's possible you know I mean if it was a probably a big studio production maybe they would have been a little bit more rude to us but you know I genuinely think people are good at heart mm-hmm. I mean yeah they're assholes out there but you know no one starts off like an ass you know like, like a dog no dog is born bad it's just bad owners so, but I mean, but yeah, like you said, everyone was super nice to us, you know, mm-hmm. and we, we virtually had unlimited access anywhere. It was unbelievable. You know, we, we were allowed to walk around the entire set. We were allowed to walk around outside the set. Um, the only thing that Scott really asked of us was if they're shooting, keep quiet. If you need, if someone needs to sit down, give them the chair. Mm-hmm. You know, if someone asks you to move, you move and really don't go where they're filming. Right. 
And, and there's only a few times where we got to actually be and see them film a scene. That was crazy. Yeah. That was so cool. Yeah. And I, I was telling I was telling Ashley's uh, Meemaw about how, you know, I know how post works in a movie, mm-hmm. but actually seeing it, you know, when they're, you know, filming the scene with the radio. Yeah. You know. That was cool. It was like um, it was amazing. It was kind of it was really old school filmmaking because they could talk. They're talking over it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're shouting direction during the actual recording, right? Mm-hmm. Which is super old school. That's kind of you know, it's it's sort of like silent film making days where you know. It's obviously not going to be in the final cut. Well, I oh. mean, it's obviously not going to be you know a scene with you know that live sound, right? right? It's going to be something like voiceover or you know flashback, no dialogue, mm-hmm. music overlaying, something like that. And it it was cool that they actually still do that. That they actually still shout out things during the actual rolling it was, mm-hmm. it was neat man oh yeah it was a great opportunity you know especially for three cinephiles yeah you know especially for three of us who you know we all want to make a movie you know yeah alex of course has gotten to make short films mm-hmm. one day maybe the three of us will will pull a uh, <clears throat> a cloud atlas situation and all three of us will direct a movie together <laughs> <laughs> please lord let it not be like Cloud Atlas. Um, I've been on the fence if I actually want to see that movie or not. Oh, you mean you've never seen it? I want to. It's got Tom Hanks. He's I mean, America's dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's got Tom Hanks in it. But, you know, we, we had a great time. It was definitely, um, and not to diminish the, the trip, but it was definitely a boys trip, you know. Saturday Saturdays for the boys. Wow. Kind of trip. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean... Um, Definitely love to do it again. Um, I know I tell Scott all the time, uh, you know, we got to have time to do it. And I know he, he, I know he definitely enjoyed us being there. Um, cause he called me today and was like, yeah, you know, I, I really had fun with you guys being, I'm so glad you guys actually got to come and hang out. That's really nice. So to say. hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll, the three of us will get to do it again. And, uh, I hope so. Maybe we'll actually get to meet Martin Sheen next time. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> Man, I really love Martin Sheen. But yeah, everyone, you know, go to the IMDP page, you know, track the movie. You know, they're still filming right now, but, you know, um, if you live in the West Texas area, um, I know it'll definitely be a West Texas movie. Mm-hmm. Just like I was describing with you with the Iron Orchard mm-hmm. it's definitely you know it's a West Texas movie which again I, I bought I have um, <laughs> did you, you know, show Scott the picture I, I, I didn't because <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I won't, I, I won't I, lie to you too. I actually feel bad about how much shit I gave you about not seeing no it's it. okay because I wanted to see it because um, it wasn't just you guys uh, I have you know friends who have seen it and they said, hey, well, I mean, it was really good. And I was yeah. like, oh, okay, tight. So I guess it's, uh, it's not just, you know, nepotism. He really, it is really good. So I see, I need to see it. And and get this. Um, my mom is a background character in one scene. Oh, fun. Mickey. I will not tell you what scene. Mickey You'll have to background. find her. Okay, um, cool. But anyway, so, I yeah, you know, her. everyone uh, definitely, you know, like I said, go to INEB, track the movie. And uh, now we're going to move on to the episode. Oh, Great. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's why we're here. Um, so just like we mentioned last week uh, with, of course, us having a week off, um, this week is going to be 
Silence of the Lambs. And this, unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, is my last pick in a row. So it's the right. next one will be ranked. It's okay. We'll, we'll still do the back and forth, you know? Yeah, I guess. I just liked having so much power <laughs> in, in picking. <laughs> that was really nice. Don't worry. I definitely, later on, I definitely want to talk about the Chaplin movie with Robert Downey Jr. Oh, the Richard Attenborough. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Also... In Jurassic Park. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so Silence of the Lambs, <laughs> 1991, mm-hmm. correct? Yes. Very good, right? Um, So before we get into it, I remember <coughs> my mom telling me about this movie a lot. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't think I would like that, you know, because I saw the cover. You know, the cover has Jodie Foster's face with the... Uh, um, the moth, the, the moth dead head was, moth, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I don't, I don't like that. You know, I, I was, you know, I mean, I wasn't even born in '91, but you know, by the time it was on VHS, I was old enough to comprehend a movie. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't, I don't like that. <laughs> and the first time I ever watched Sons of the Lambs was, I'm sorry about that, everyone. <laughs> if y'all heard that. <laughs> Um, it's <laughs> blowing air straight into the mic. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Do we still know how to do this? I don't know, man. It's, it's been, been a week. It's been so long. Um, it was definitely, I was in my teens the first time I ever saw it. And I was so taken aback by how powerful mm-hmm. the movie is, you know? And, you know, 90s movies, you know, they have this feel to them, I feel like, that you know, like, um, it's a 90s movie. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like what I was talking about during our 80s month. You know, 90s movies have that feel. But this one just doesn't feel like a 90s movie at all. You know? No. I mean... It doesn't. Visual effects-wise, yeah, it's it's a 90s movie. But it just... it ha- It's so powerful and it's so chilling and creepy... I remember I rewatched it last night to get it fresh to my brain after I finished it. And I was like, well, that was a nice trip down to Creep City. <laughs> but um, I still loved it. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of the those emotions you were feeling has a lot to do with Jonathan Demme's direction. So, mm-hmm. And by that, I mean, um, and which also makes the film really important, especially today in this day and age, mm-hmm. um, is the woman's POV. Uh, oh, yeah. We have Jodie Foster's POV shot, right? All the time. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of actors are doing direct-to-camera acting, right? Mm-hmm. It's all... Most interactions she has, at least once, it's a POV shot, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Which is really important because... Before then, we really didn't get a lot of POV shots from the women's perspective, mm-hmm. right? Um, either on purpose or by accident, who knows? Um, but Demi really changed the game with this one. And it, even just the, the idea of this female hero. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah. And, and that's something I noticed in my rewatch. I didn't get it the first time I ever watched it, but you know, I get it now is, you know, she is this woman 
in a boys club essentially mm-hmm. especially the scene when they go to inspect the the, the girl she's the, surrounded yeah. by all these male cops well, and even in the first you know five minutes she gets in that elevator and she is a foot shorter than all the men in the elevator mm, right yeah. and this happens throughout the entire movie she's always surrounded by all these men right mm-hmm. so let me mansplain <laughs> the, the feminism in this movie for you is basically what we're doing um, but <laughs> but it's 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 it works it it's oh, absolutely. really <clears throat> it's really powerful the way he shoots the film and, and not just because of the woman's POV it's just the POV in general mm-hmm. is very jarring right it's very effective right um one of the first times we see uh, when we see Scott Glenn, whom I love very, very much. As do I. And um, does he is he never not old? No, he's been. I think he came out of the womb at uh, about fifty two years old. Fifty two, and then he just stayed that way and gotten older. Yeah, um, <laughs> he is incredible in the leftovers, which you need to see. Yes, which you told me and Alex repeatedly. To watch. Yeah, it's so good. Anyway, he's amazing in it. Uh, anyway, not that he's bad in anything. Um, he was great in Castle Rock as well. Great in Castle Rock season two out right now. Um, <laughs> but, you know, in in terms of just the, the way that Clarice is treated... Mm-hmm. Um, the way that, you know, even just Demi's camera shots where, you know, she will be either towered over, meaning the camera is shoulder level to the men looking mm-hmm. down on her, or it's from her perspective looking up at the men just to, you know, give a sort of visual representation of her status. Right. Right. Not just her size, but right in the... Her being a trainee, her, you know, blah, 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 blah. Well, you know, and it's it's funny you mention all that. <clears throat> because now that I'm, like, kind of replaying the movie in my head, you don't see those kind of shots when she's talking with Hannibal. No. It's, they're almost as if he's showing that they're not necessarily equals, but that they're on an equal playing field. It, it kind of is, because it's the same relationship, or he wants a similar relationship he had with Will Graham. Mm-hmm. Right, um, in Red Dragon, right, uh, and so he's looking for that connection again. And um, really, really fun things in the movie are like Barney, uh, mm-hmm. the all right, he's not an orderly, is he? I don't know. I think what he's he, an orderly um, in the mental hospital, and they had to cut a lot of the scenes out, but you can still tell that Barney and Hannibal have this sort of mutual respect for one another. Right. And that's kind of fun. You know, <laughs> this horrible human being, Hannibal Lecter, has a buddy, and it's Barney, you know? <laughs> and, you know, and he's he's so kind, especially to Clarice and whatever. Um, and the, <laughs> it gives you the exact opposite of when Chilton is in the room, because mm-hmm. Chilton's the opposite. Uh, yep. Dr. Chilton is a horrible person. Oh, yeah. <laughs> also, right? Mm-hmm. For yeah. different reasons. Yeah, and, you know, Clary says it best, you know, if, if Hannibal thinks you're his enemy, shouldn't I go down there alone? Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, Chilton's shit. a creep. Yeah, and doesn't that guy uh, come back as uh, Chilton in Red Dragon, that, that same actor? Yes, because it's a prequel. Yeah. Right. 
with with Edward Norton. Yes, and uh, um, in in Hannibal, the show. We should mention the show, not the oh, the show is not the, so not the movie, so which is good. the sequel. Um, the show is amazing. Anybody who's listening to this that loves Silence of the Lambs, you're gonna love Hannibal. Yeah, it's so good. I, it's I, it's incredible. It's the best show NBC's ever had. It I should hate, be on HBO. I hated that it it got canceled after three seasons for yeah. quote low ratings, even though like it was critically acclaimed. Like yeah. Anyway, I know. I, I, I don't think you know the movie rating system. I understand it's got to make money. You know, people got to go to the theater to see it. People mm-hmm. got to buy it. TV ratings, I will never understand. It has like to, it, 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 it's similar because it has mm. to do with the. Oh, sorry. Welcome back to the Hannibal Pocket. Um, <laughs> the watchability. No, or, or, it has to do with advertising. Uh, okay. You know these when you watch the show, mm-hmm. you're watching the advertising in between. Right. And if no one's watching your show, no one's watching the advertising. And so advertisers pull out or, you know, they're like, well, you know, I paid for this time slot. No one is watching it. So there's no point. But whatever. It's no. That's a really, really watered down version of what <laughs> it is. But that's pretty much why and why ratings matter in television. Why it got canceled. And I love this show. And but now, sidebar, would you say is that why streaming is kind of dominating over cable? Because... You know, like with services like Hulu, you can pay for no ads, and that's how they make up the money. Yep. So would you would you say <clears throat> original content on like Hulu and Netflix is is that why do you think it's towering over? I mean, yeah, cable television. Um, Netflix has its own problems. Welcome back to the streaming podcast. With it, it, sorry, guys, um, but <laughs> it. See, now I'm going to get on my soapbox because now the, Netflix has a huge problem with original content because... Oh, yeah. It's hit it, or miss. It's too many. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's it's too much, too fast, and the marketing for them is... It's like... And I think Big Mouth has a great joke about it in the third season, which is, you know, Jay... <laughs> it says Amazon is like the number one streaming service. Well, and he was saying that they made a show just for him. Right. Oh yeah. And it's sort of like you know, which is kind. Of, it's great for people who want to get into the business, who want to tell stories, who you know have mm-hmm. this idea and they want to see it, um, you know, paid off and having people see it, because they're like, hey, I have this idea for a show. Netflix is like, great. We we will here, buy here's it. money. Yeah, here you go. They're like, don't you want to hear what it's about? No. <laughs> Here's money. We're already in the hole. Here you go. Yeah. So it's so ridiculous. Anyway. Um, anyway. <laughs> long story short, Hannibal shouldn't have been canceled because it's amazing. But um, I was also going to say in the movie Hannibal. Okay. Um, is a great Gary Oldman performance. Um, Who's Gary Oldman for? I forgot his name. Does he Isn't play the, the villain in the wheelchair? Yeah. His face is um, Oh, he's he's the, he's the guy who's trying to kill Hannibal. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, so let's talk about um, a couple of things. We're going to be jumping way ahead. You ready? I'm ready. Okay, great. So there are a couple of great edit scenes. Okay. okay? So the the first one 
is Hannibal's escape in Memphis, right? Right. When he gets in in that cage in the sorry guys, when he gets in the cage in the middle of the room, mm-hmm. um, his escape. So his escape is once the whole thing is done and over with, the whole scene. You understand he has ripped that guy's face or cut the guy's face off, laid it over his own, took his clothes, and is laying on the floor. Mm-hmm. Okay. No. And he put the other guy in his clothes up on the elevator. Okay. But the way it's edited, edited, I hate that word. Edited. 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 Pete Holmes. So the way it's put together. Right. Is so, so suspenseful, so great because you think you got it. Right. And, you know, once it's revealed, oh my God, oh no. Hannibal's in the ambulance, you know, mm-hmm. it, scene's over, right? Yeah. <laughs> so sequence over. And there's a similar editing trick that they do in the end when they're raiding or about to raid Buffalo Bill's house. Oh, yes, absolutely. And <clears throat> it's so masterfully put together because it's like, oh, uh-oh, <laughs> You know, uh, Clarice is at the right house and they're at the wrong house. And it, oh, I mean, it's so brilliant because, you know, they're ringing the doorbell. His doorbell rings. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's just the back and forth that we're connecting the two together. And yet they're miles apart from each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're in like because Clarice is in Ohio and they're in like, no. No, she's like all the way in like deep south Illinois, and they're like closer up to like Chicago. Yeah, they're. I mean, it's completely wrong, right? Yeah. They're in the completely wrong place. And <laughs> when he opens that door, and it's just Clarice. Oh boy, uh, dude! You know? Yeah, you're just like, oh no. But of course, now we get to segue into Ted Levine. Mm-hmm. Which is great. Poor Ted Levine. Shout out to my mom, who still has a hard time watching Monk. So <clears throat> Really? Yeah, because when she... <laughs> yeah, for a while, um, what she does in the morning, um, and she's been doing it this way since I was a kid, she'll turn on the... Well, then it was turning on the TV. Now it's on her laptop and on the, you know, streaming or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she'll just listen to a show she's seen a million times to put on her makeup in the morning. So she doesn't have to look at it. Oh, okay. And <laughs> unfortunately for Ted Levine, he looks different, but he doesn't sound different. No, dude. And his... so all mom is hearing is Buffalo Bill as she's putting on it. But when she looks, it's Captain Stottlemyre. But when she looks away, it's Buffalo Bill again because his voice is the same. This, I know. It's, how would so you she describe had to stop watching Ted Levine's voice? It's so unique. And in this one, it's really interesting because um, when the famous line, it puts lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again, it's not really the voice we're used to. It's only when he, he snaps at her and it said, you know, put the fucking lotion in the basket. His voice is so deep and it's his voice, which he hates because he wants to be a woman, right? Mm-hmm. And so he's putting on this you know, higher octave. Right. But when he slips, it goes back to normal. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and I had a question about that scene. Maybe you can answer it. Okay. 
So referring to Catherine as it, mm-hmm. you know, which is something they kind of explained in an earlier scene. Yes. With her mom, you know, who's a politician saying, you know, she keeps saying Catherine. Yeah. And, you know, Jodie Foster explains, you know, if she keeps saying her name. He won't look at her as an object, but as a person. Right. Which is, you know, now we're seeing the opposite. He's referring to her as it, mm-hmm. as an object, not a person. But, you know, in that slip up, you know, I noticed that he's having, I wouldn't say trouble, but, you know, he, you know, his lips quivering mm-hmm. and then he slips and, you know, just put the fucking lotion in the basket. Yeah. You know, and I had a thought last night is that, you know, not that he doesn't want to do this. You know, I can tell that Buffalo Bill wants to do this, mm-hmm. but it's... It's almost like he's having a hard time doing this. Would you say that's the case, or am I just overthinking that little little slip-up? I, I think he struggles with keeping them alive, um, is what we're meant to believe. This is not the first time he's done this. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, because she's like the Evidence sixth. of the, the claw marks in the walls of that pit, right? Mm -hmm. Not the first time he's done this. I think he has trouble with the keeping them alive so their skin can be, you know, malleable, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So he can make the suit, right? Right. The Ed Gein suit. So I think he has trouble with that because once he kills them, it's done, it's over with. Right. right. It's the keeping them alive for this X amount of time for them to treat their skin so it can be, like I said, malleable for him to use later, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Um, oh, and also the evidence of the woman that they go see in the autopsy scene. Duh, whatever. Um, which, by the way, dead giveaway what he's doing in that autopsy scene because the the pattern he cuts out of her back is mm-hmm. a tailor pattern. It's to tailor a dress. Mm-hmm. Um, Which, you know, uh, Clary sees when she visits yeah. the first victim's house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, <clears throat> this whole movie, I think one of the things I loved about it the most is, you know, this very in-depth look at a serial killer's psyche. Yeah, their pathology, right? Mm-hmm. And... um and I was listening to the commentary a little bit, then I turned it off because I didn't like the way they were doing it. Because um, <laughs> it was four separate commentary tracks that they were cutting to. And the, That's the, weird. the person would say their name. Um, so the person who works for Criterion, shout out to Criterion, it was from the Criterion Collection, um, <laughs> would say their name before they start. So he'd be like, Jodie Foster. And then Jodie Foster would start talking. And then he'd go, Jonathan Deming. And then there you go. And then uh, he would say, Jonathan Douglas. And then Jonathan Douglas. He was the FBI consultant and uh, he teaches classes or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I read that they they consulted with the FBI profiling team mm-hmm. to, ma- I guess, make sure that they were doing it correctly. And that's essentially who Scott Glenn is playing is Jonathan Douglas. Gotcha. Now... <clears throat> I want I want to go back a little bit because okay. I really I you know now that I'm older and I <clears throat> am self teaching myself you know shots and and framing mm. there's one scene in particular that 
I love so much now is the scene, uh, you know, Hannibal's still in the psychiatric ward, mm-hmm. but, you know, it's the, I butcher this every time, but I'm going to try to do it. The prid mm-hmm. pro quo. Pre- I know exactly what you're talking about, and I know exactly what you're going to say. Continue. Is that, you know, when Hannibal goes back into psychiatrist mode, he looks away from Clarice, mm-hmm. asks her her questions, and then when she asks him about Buffalo Bill, he turns and looks back at her. Mm-hmm. You know, and I found that so interesting. Almost as if he... <clears throat> not necessarily is detaching himself when he asks her those, questions, those personal questions about her, her childhood. Mm-hmm. But almost as if he's... He's trying to see her without seeing her, mm-hmm. you know, actually looking at her face. And there's also a great shot where he does turn to her, but it doesn't cut directly to him. We get his reflection, reflection. Mm-hmm. off the glass, which is great. Oh, I, absolutely. I, so I was like, oh, so good. Right. I love I love that play with reflections. I've seen it in lots of other movies, and it's, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't know, smart, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I found that. So beautifully shot and beautifully acted. You know, Anthony Hopkins. It's like a tennis match. Yeah. He he's made some bad movies, but he hasn't done bad in those bad movies. I'm talking about Wolfman for one. Oh, I I remember liking it when I saw it, but I've only seen it that one time when it came out. <laughs> I saw it in the theater. So, I, 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 God, that must have been years ago. It was ago. like 2008, I think. Wow. Okay. I could be wrong. 11 years um, ago. But... My point being, Anthony Hopkins can do no wrong. No. <clears throat> like I said, he's made, he's been in bad movies, but he himself was not bad in them. Yeah. So, um, and, you know, and I have a newfound appreciation for those scenes with him and, and Jodie Foster. Mm-hmm. Like when, um, you know, he's in the cage in the middle of the room and they're talking. <clears throat> and it's one of those shots that you're talking about where the camera is directly on Hannibal's face, but it's kind of tilted, mm-hmm. almost as if he's looking down mm-hmm. on Clarice. And that's where she explains, you know, the lambs were screaming, mm-hmm. and which is a very powerful and intense scene because you think there's going to be a flashback because we've been getting flashbacks yeah. throughout Clarice's life. So you think there's going to be a flashback as she's telling the story, but you just see... This horrified look on Jodie Foster's face as she's telling this story, mm-hmm. but that interaction is so powerful because again, like I said, it you know it's made to look like Hannibal is almost looking down on her. Yeah, um, I just wanted to point that out. I also love his introduction. So <clears throat> when she's walking down the hallway, well, I mean, it starts with we start in Chilton's office and then we go down. Yes. Right? And, and further down and, and further down mm-hmm. and further down. And um, in the commentary they're talking about in the book, it's described as, I mean, this, you know, really intense, disturbing journey down to where Hannibal is. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the movie, it's just, wow, we're we're still going like we're still going down and down and down and down, mm-hmm. which means he is Hannibal is so detached from everybody else. Right. I mean, this must be the place where they keep the worst of the worst, right? Right. And then we pass by 
the other people's cells. Yeah, we pass by two guys, and then we pass by Migs. Yep. And then we get to Hannibal. And and I watched it this time, and it's perfect. So as soon as we see his face, he's looking right at her. Mm-hmm. In the dead center of his cell. It's almost like he was just waiting. And he knew exactly where her eyeline was going to be. And boom, here we go. He also doesn't blank either. Not really. Yeah, I read that Anthony apparently based that on someone he knew from London who never blinks. <laughs> and he based that on Oof. on that. It hurts just thinking about well, he blinks. not blinking that much. I mean, he does blink, but like I mean, he doesn't twice, blink very but, often. Yeah. Right. Um, and I also like to point out for a serial killer, you know, he's very intelligent mm-hmm. and he's very... Almost gentleman, gentlemanly, gentlemanly. You're doing great. My brain's not working. But, you know, like, <clears throat> and I think you might know what I'm talking about. So after that first initial, you know, introduction with Hannibal mm-hmm. and that first scene with him and Clarice, you know, he essentially scares her. Oh, no, he tells her to leave because he's kind of done with the... I mean, and that interaction in and of itself is great mm-hmm. also. I mean, the whole movie's great. But, you know, they're back and forth in that first instance. You know, this is where we get the, the famous, you know, I ate his liver with a side of fava beans. And a nice canned tea. And then the... <laughs> I can't take that seriously first anymore. First time... Thanks to Pete Holmes. Yeah, first time... Attending that, and I think I nailed it. <laughs> I, mean, I don't think I've ever done. I don't think I've ever, you know, mimicked that ever in my life. And I think I did pretty good. But yeah, yeah, Pete Holmes has ruined that for me. Now. Yeah, it's not just fifty Fs. All right, he made a choice. All right, um, <laughs> yummy, yummy, yummy. <laughs> but anyway, you know, so you know, so she walks back by Migs, which. I think that was the first time I ever saw this movie. I think it was the first time I ever heard the word cunt. Oh, yeah. Which, I apologize if, if that word offends anyone. I don't ever really say it that often. He says it all the time. Don't, don't listen to his lies. <laughs> um, um, you know, so he says, you know, which, you know, very disturbing line. I can smell your cunt. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, after her and Hannibal have their exchange and he's kind of bored with it. Mm-hmm. And he pretty much tells her just to leave. You know, she's walking back by Miggs' cell, and she hears him say, you know, I bit my wrist. You know, now I'm going to die. But it was actually masturbating, mm-hmm. and he throws his jism uh, at wow. her. Wow, that's the word he chose. All right. So, <laughs> but, but the point I'm getting semen? at is how offended Hannibal was at yes. this. Yes. And almost, like I said, almost very gentlemanly, you know, he says, you know, that never would have happened, you know, and, and yeah, he, and he ends up driving that guy to kill himself, right? Yeah. <clears throat> to kill himself. Not really, because he swallowed his tongue. So that's not, I mean, that's he, hard to do, but. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I really want to know, because they never say what he says to him. Right. They just said he was, well, and they do a lot of, they do a lot of that. Like when Shilton hands her that photograph right before they're about to walk in there. Yeah, this is what he did to her. Yeah. His pulse never got above 85, right? Yeah, and we're, we're just seeing her 
face looking at this picture. And the red lighting, right? There's mm-hmm. a lot of red lighting anytime there's a hint of extreme violence. Mm-hmm. And this one was just suggested violence. But, you know, with, you know, Chilton's delivery with the red lighting, with her reaction to the photo, mm-hmm. it's brilliant. Oh, yeah. Right? And it's really effective. And you're just like, oh, my God, what do you do? <laughs> Let oh, me see it. Yeah. You know? And all we have to go on is Chilton's description about that the doctors were able to reattach her jaw. Yeah. But not after he had ate, eaten her tongue. Yeah. And she's just like... Uh, yeah. Do I still want to talk to this guy? Yeah, dude, it's nuts. Um, let's go back to Buffalo Bill himself. Okay. Now, I wish to God I could remember one of these serial killers' names because I know the other two. So he is – his pathology is based on three different serial killers. Mm-hmm. One of them, of course – being Ed Gein, mm-hmm. um, who when he in Wisconsin, when he when his mother passed away, he dealt with it by digging up the corpses of elderly women, killing two, and creating body suits and ugh, um, <laughs> other horrible things uh, to their bodies. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the other one is um, Ted Bundy. Uh, we see this when we first meet Buffalo Bill when he's trying to get the couch into His van. the van. A ruse, of course. Uh, Ted Bundy used to wear a cast um, and hold books in front of a library, wait for someone to, you know, wait for a woman to come out, and mm-hmm. he would fumble with the books. She would assist him to his car. Once she get once he got her in the car, he'd hit her with the cast. Off he goes. Right. Right. The other one. And I can't remember his name, which I hate. <laughs> I should have wrote it down. <laughs> but he had a pit similar to Buffalo Bill's. Okay. The only difference is he filled his with water. Mm-hmm. And he would drown women, multiple women at a time. Um, and he would also mutilate their bodies for whatever ball. Um, kind of just yada yada over that. <laughs> Um, but I think it's fascinating that, you know, because the, the FBI guy, uh, Jonathan Douglas, was talking about it in the commentary before I turned it off. Yeah. And uh, he was saying, so Buffalo Bill is it, you know, is its own thing, right? They had to use three people to kind of create his pathology, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was interesting. Because um, I always heard it was just the, it was just the Ed Gein story. Right. Right. And I'm trying to I'm trying to get that for you. The um thank you. The <clears throat> um while we're waiting, speaking of filling something up with water, um while I was watching Chernobyl, the the HBO miniseries, which is incredible by the way. Um they had mentioned in the podcast um which is something we also do. Mm-hmm. podcasting they did it a lot better than we do but I think it's because you know they have money and production value yeah we have blankets and headphones <laughs> so um, they were saying that the writer of Chernobyl was saying and during his research he was seeing old Soviet punishments mm-hmm. and torture methods one of them and it doesn't seem so bad when I say it at first but then I'm going to explain it is um, Gary M. Heidnick. Thank you. 
Oh, that's the guy with the pit? Yes. Yes, thank you. Apparently, there was three more they based him on, too. Three more? Yes. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that was for Jonathan the book. Douglas only named those three. Maybe it was for the book. Um, Jerry Boudreaux, mm-hmm. who strangled his victims, dressed up in their clothes, and kept their shoes. Interesting. Talked about Ed Gein, Ted Bundy, Gary, Edmund Kemper, who like... Oh, Ed Kemper! Uh, like Buffalo Bill, killed He's the co-ed killer. Uh, killed his grandparents as a teenager just mm-hmm. to see what it felt like. Mm-hmm. And then Gary Ridgway. Sorry if I shouted Ed Kemper <laughs> to the microphone. I just love the show Mindhunter, and he's one of the characters on. Um, Gary Ridgway, the Green River Killer, mm-hmm. um, who dumped women's bodies in rivers and inserted foreign objects into their corpses. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Because so six serial killers. Wow, to make one person. To make yeah. <laughs> oh, right, because of the moth. Yeah, that makes sense because he shoved it in the throats. Was it Agamemnon? Chernobyl. So, <laughs> sorry, I have to get the story out of the way because it's so crazy. So, what they would do was they would have a room that's watertight mm-hmm. and fill it up to your about to your thigh. Okay. With water, and that's it. But. You can't sleep. Because you would drown. Right. Oh, shit. Yeah. I know. I, I knew I was going to get you because you didn't look that shocked when I said it. And I was like, oh, I'm about to blow his mind. <laughs> because you can sit down, but you can't sleep. Right. And even if you could sit down, it's super uncomfortable. Right. Yeah, because you're underwater and right. it's cold. I mean, and there's n- and no furniture, no nothing. So, I mean. What a fucking. Yeah. God and, and so eventually they would die because they would just be so exhausted that they would sleep and drown. Wow. I know. Isn't that so – would you ever think of that? Fuck no. Me either. Well, also because, you know, I'm not sadistic. Yeah. Like the stoves? Yeah. Ugh. I mean, I'm too – they're going to – Like those commies? They're going to assassinate us tonight, man. Ooh, maybe. Anyway. <laughs> so um, I just – I had to I had to tell you about that water thing. That's so crazy, oh, right? shit. Um, I know. Well, no, there's something – I was going to mention something. Um, it'll come back to me, hopefully. Cool. Um, I kind of hope it does. Oh, that was it. Okay, so that was fast. In my rewatch, I noticed an actor. I don't know his name. I just know his character. Um, It's the scene where Clarice takes the dead moth Mm -hmm. or the dead chrysalis to the the bug guys. The bug guys at the museum. And one of the guys, the guy with the glasses, I was Mm -hmm. like, he looks familiar. Where have I seen him before? And that's Bulldog from fucking (laughs) Frasier. I was like, it's Bulldog. <laughs> and, and See, I thought you were going to say the guy who, who has, asks was, her out for burgers and, with the eye. And burgers and beers? Yeah. And Are you hitting on me? Yes, I am. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's so creepy. But, you know, another POV shot where it's, you know, back and forth like a tennis match like most mm-hmm. of the movie is. Um, but, yeah, no, I was, I was like, it's it's Bulldog. <laughs> From Frazier. From Frazier. Which I love his character. When he, he, he would always get steamed up. Like, where are my fr- They forgot my french fries. This is bull. Oh, there they are. <laughs> which is, that's how I am. <laughs> I can't find my keys. I put them right here. Oh, they're right there. That is exactly <clears throat> how you are. Which is, uh, I'm glad that you have enough uh, self-awareness to know that about yourself. <laughs> because I 100% knew that already. That's why I try to keep things exactly where they are. So I don't, so I don't do that. Well... <laughs> 
Oh, boy. So I also wanted to mention, I don't think we've mentioned it yet. We kind of did because um, maybe we didn't. I don't remember because we also talked about it off mic. But uh, I wanted to bring up that this is the second Thomas Harris adaptation. We have not brought it up. Okay, we talked about it off mic. Um, this is the second Thomas Harris adaptation. The first, of course, being Manhunter. Uh, 1980. With the, the Michael Mann film. Um, with Brian Cox and William Peterson. Uh, William Peterson, of course, was in Fear with Mark Wahlberg. I know that's not what people were going to say. People were going to say, CSI! He was in, I know he was in CSI, but he was also in Fear and in To Live and Die in L.A. But, um, and uh, <clears throat> I read something very interesting about that. They changed um, Hannibal Lecter's name. Mm-hmm. You know, so in, you know, in Silence of the Lambs and and, and I know also the Hannibal show, they pronounce it, you know, Lecter, mm-hmm. L-E-C-T-E-R. For Manhunter, they changed it to Lector, L-E-C-K-T-O-R-Y. No, L-E-K-T-O-R, Lector, mm-hmm. instead of Lector. Yeah, because, you know, it is spelled with the O-R, I think. In the book? I think. Yeah, no, I think it's I think it's the ER. You think it's ER? I mean, I was I've been I, I mean, doing I a lot of trivia hunting. I mean, that's interesting because it's not a that's not a, a a change that would you know. Well, I mean, when you say it, it's not like a Nosferatu change, right? From Bram Stoker's Dracula to Nosferatu, mm-hmm. those are significant changes. I not to the. Not to the narrative, but to the characters involved. Right. That I, one's not really a change. I think they did it because that's how it sounds. Oh, maybe. Lecture, you know, lector. Lector. You know. Dr. Lecter. Yeah, I said lector with an ER. Yeah. Phonically, it's in the R. Again, I don't know how it's spelled. <laughs> I think I'm just now noticing I don't know how it's spelled. <laughs> I just happened to f- kind of stumble upon that. I was like, oh, well, okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. But anyway. Um, and that, man... I've seen parts of Man. I've probably seen the whole thing, maybe, I know, but I don't remember. I know it was a um, not a critical success. No. <laughs> and I know it was not a commercial success either. No. <laughs> um, cool stuff in it though, with the you know, uh, Freddie Lowndes in the in the wheelchair on fire. You know. Would you say that this is why they did Silence of the Lambs? Was <sighs> because of Manhunter? Yeah, because they. <laughs> They didn't remake Manhunter to to do Red Dragon. They went to the next one, mm-hmm. and so I think you know I don't I don't know why Jonathan Demi you know if it was even his idea to do it. I don't know. No. Um, well, I mean it was eleven year difference. So. Right. So uh, nine because they started talking to Anthony Hopkins in eighty nine. Oh okay. Um, you know, and is you and I know, especially now, it takes forever to make a movie. So, oh yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, because I mean, if they wanted just to start over, they would just start over mm-hmm. and do Red Dragon and go from there. Yeah. Now, which I mean, <clears throat> now would you would you say that which eventually they did? But yeah, would you say that um, if they had done that initially, you know, they're like, you know what, Manhunter wasn't that good. We're going to make a more direct adaptation mm-hmm. or true adaptation, and then you know, kind of start it from there. Because 
which is what would have happened because that's what Jonathan Demi talked about. He, he you know, he was so like, he want, so he wanted to do Red Dragon. No, I mean he wanted to make an adaptation. Oh, okay. you know, he didn't want to do his own artistic thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't want to make it his own. Right. He was like, nah, this is it. We're doing this. Right. Okay. And from what I understand, I have the audiobook on Audible for Sons of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. I haven't listened to all that yet. But told it's really close. Okay. Um, but anyway, so the point I'm kind of asking is do you think if they had done that, you know, Remade Manhunter, done Red Dragon instead of Silence of the Lambs, and then kind of done it the way the books go. Mm-hmm. Do you think Silence of the Lambs would have had the cultural impact that it does have now because they did it first? Hard to say because you know we wouldn't get the the female hero not in Red Dragon because it's Will Graham and Will in Red Dragon. Right. You know, and and that's something I noticed. After I finished the movie, I was doing my trivia hunting. You know, I've been trivia hunting since I finished the movie last night and today. Mm -hmm. Um, Is, you know, they did Silence of the Lambs. Then they did Hannibal. Mm -hmm. Which, I mean, in the books, those are direct sequels. But then in the movies, they went back and then they did Red Dragon, which is, in the books, the first of the books. And then they did Hannibal Rising in 2000. Five? I don't know. I don't know. I didn't like it. Which I know is how in the books, Hannibal Rising is the end of the books. Mm-hmm. Is to kind of show you how he became Han- you know, Hannibal. Yeah. Um, it's... Yeah, I think they wanted to... for To go from Hannibal to Red Dragon. Mm-hmm. Number one, we can keep Anthony Hopkins if we go back to Red Dragon. Right. Because right? Hannibal Lecter is young and Hannibal Rising, right? Mm-hmm. Which, to me... To me, it's an, it's an unnecessary um, part of the series. Hannibal Rising? Yeah. I don't so, think it's needed at all. So, like you say, uh, it... Not everything deserves an origin story. No, <clears throat> not everything deserves an origin story. I don't. I don't want you to explain it to me. I don't care. So you know. I looked it up. <clears throat> Hannibal was two thousand and one, so a whole ten years after Sons of the Lambs. Interesting. Um, and then Red Dragon was pretty close after that. Two thousand two, and then Hannibal Rising was let's see here 2007 so five years to do a whole origin story yeah. on <laughs> Hannibal Which, again not everybody needs one um, I'm sure that the book is interesting the movie was not I think it's I think it's kind of interesting for Hannibal the sequel um, that Ridley Scott directed it because mm-hmm. um, I read that Jodie Foster uh What's the director of Jonathan Demi? He, her, him, her, and I want to say the screenwriter for Sons of the Lambs all declined to come back for Hannibal. Hmm. And then that's how we got Julianne Moore as Clarice, Ridley Scott, and I don't even know who wrote Hannibal, hmm. honestly. But 
Yeah, I didn't. I didn't like Hannibal. Um, Almost bought it today. It's uh, we have it at the store. Oh, but we don't have Baby Driver. I've been trying to get Baby Driver for like two weeks. We don't have a two-year-old movie, but we have a eighteen-year-old movie. Yeah. What the hell? Uh, I don't know what to tell you. I'm so sorry. Um, um but you know, I was kind of, I was kind of thinking about this after I rewatched. Science of the Lambs. You know, so much imagery and lines from that have become so iconic. Mm-hmm. Like the mask, for instance. Yeah, has, which, I mean, it's cool to see all the options. Mm. You know, like the behind the scenes stuff as, um, you know, Anthony wearing all of the... Anthony, like I know him. Mr. Hopkins. Uh, sir. sir, Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> uh, wearing, you know, all the different options for the mask. For when did, he goes to Tennessee, did they let him pick the mask? I not sure. I just think you know. I doubt it. You know, they're just probably just here. Put this on. I don't like that. Put this on. I don't mm-hmm. like that. Put this on. You know. I'm um, sure it was a like a whole <clears throat> like Jack Nicholson on Batman thing. Yeah, prosthetic designer was like, okay, you know, like he cast like ten different models of mm-hmm. Jack Nicholson's face, made prosthetics. And I was like, okay, where do I lose Jack? Gotcha. And try to figure out, okay, like, what's enough to where he could still see Jack's performance, but he, you know, has the smile. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that was the same thing. And probably. You and, know, like, where do um, we lose They Ant- settled on a pretty decent one uh, for Hannibal. Oh, yeah. It was uh, to wear. Very menacing, but, you know, Anthony was still able to talk yeah. very clearly. What was really cool is his is his eyes. Mm-hmm. Um they could have blocked out the whole mouth and we would still understand, right? Mm-hmm. Um, given we could still hear his voice, right? Yeah. Because um, his eyes, you know, it get, they get really big when he when he's being a rascal, <laughs> you yeah. know? Um, and my favorite line in that whole scene is, oh, and Senator, one more thing. And she turns around. Love your suit. You know, I, <laughs> I love that shit. That's... Um, <laughs> And that's a pretty de- – I mean, not a terrible impression. That's pretty good. Um, well, and, and what kind of accent when he, was he trying to do? It's not – Because I know it wasn't an American accent. No, and he's British. So yeah. it's it's almost that um, that, mid, that mid-Atlantic accent, uh, which is the, the one actors would put on in the, in the 40s and the 50s. Um, that's why in old movies everyone sounds like that. Mm-hmm. It's an accent that actors were trained to do, to use. Moyan, he is a classically trained right. actor. It's so. almost that, but it's more British than that. Right. right? Um, well, the, Brit- the Britishisms aren't really present. It's all, they're almost hard to detect. Yeah. In it's, his, in his accent. He did a little nasally thing, but he, he talked about in the commentary for it, I don't know, that... He didn't want to put on a thick accent because then he would be acting the accent. He wouldn't be acting the character, the character. right? Right. And so it's a it's a lot his voice and a little tweaked, right? Mm-hmm. Like that lavia suit. It's it's more nasally, right? Yeah. Um, and then it just it's so crazy. You know, we we're kind of talking about it off mic that Hannibal Lecter is probably one of the most well-known villains mm-hmm. and he only had 24 minutes of screen time. And that's at the max level. I mean, if mm-hmm. you want to 
you know, I've, I've heard as little as 15 minutes, which I'm not sure if that's true either, but um, I, I haven't done a stopwatch to it. <laughs> but that brings me to the, the you know, fun facts. So, fun fact, uh, it won the big five in, uh, in the Oscars. Best director, best movie. Best actor, best actress, best screenplay. It won the big five. Um, well, would Anthony be? Would Anthony have been a supporting actor, mm, or did he win? No, I think best he won actor. as an actor. Yeah, nice. Because that's a big five. That's um, supporting isn't a big five. Hmm. So wow. the only other movie to do that before then, I think, was One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Really? Which was in '75. Yeah. Well, and Jack, I mean, Jack Nicholson deserved it. And we're back to Jack Nicholson. Um, <laughs> but oh, which would be a great episode by the way is one for the cuckoo's nest um i will call in the work the day he passes away like no can't come into work today jack, jack nicholson, nicholson. <laughs> jackie's gone yeah you got a while he's not that old um he looks that old now. i mean yeah he looks that old but he's not that old all right jack's <laughs> gonna be fine all right he's gonna live for another hundred years that's right um <laughs> he's not a hundred um <laughs> oh, speaking of, and I don't know why I'm doing that because this was forever ago when you mentioned it, but that actor you recognize from Frasier. Um, yes. When, when um, Crawford gets the call that, hey, did your trainee just, you know. Make a false deal. Right. That's Roger Corman. Really? Yeah. And I, as soon as I, I forgot Roger Corman was in the movie, <laughs> I was like, oh, hey, it's Roger Corman. Uh, Roger Corman, of course, is the great B-movie director of all time. Um, he was one of the fastest turnarounds, too. Like, he would say, okay, cool. You want a movie? I can get it to you in about three weeks. And You're shitting me. No. And he's like, all right, cool. Yeah, I can get that done. Yeah, it's no problem. I mean, <laughs> oh they're not God. good, but you could get it done, you know? Um, <laughs> especially for, like, drive-ins and grindhouse stuff. Like, he would, yeah. yeah, he was, he's the best. Oh, speaking of grindhouse, sorry, this is a sidebar. When we were talking Another about. sidebar. When we were talking about the grindhouse on the way to set, um, you know, when I mentioned that Rob Zombie had done one, mm-hmm. I was wrong. Mm. He had made a fake trailer mm. For for one of them. For one of them. <laughs> Which one? Uh, I don't know, but it was Nazi werewolves. <laughs> That's funny. Um, a, a movie I would see, by the way. Well, what's funny is he, he does a callback to that in the haunted world of El Superbisto. Does he? Because Susie X, who's voiced by his wife, kills Nazi werewolves. She's like, <laughs> like they're werewolves. They're Nazi werewolves. <laughs> and it's, it's fucking awesome. Nazi werewolves. A movie I would see. Would you pay money to see it? Probably. Correction, would you pay money to make sure it gets made? Ooh. And then pay money to go see it. E- <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Nazi werewolf sounds like fun. Um, Rob Zombie, here's my money. Yeah. Make it. Here's $20. <laughs> do what you got to do with it. Uh, and he's like, I could probably stretch that. Like, this will, uh, yeah, this will, this will get him the arm guards. This will get him the little arm arm swastikas. Yeah, yeah, I can do that. Uh, anyway. Uh, anyway. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. So, um, the big five. So, this was a big deal mm-hmm. that, um, that it won. Now, here's a question. Okay. So, uh, and I when might this comes have an out. Answer. When this comes out, it'll be the last week of October. Yes. Do you 
consider this a horror movie? Good question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why I asked. I consider it... <clears throat> I do consider it a horror. Okay. But not in the traditional horror sense. You know, when you know, on October the 31st, on Halloween, you know, typically people, you know, they watch, you know, a supernatural horror film or a slasher horror film. This... 100%, in my opinion, I mean, they say it on IMDb, but my 100% opinion is a psychological horror, mm-hmm. which, in my opinion, those are much more scarier. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, like I've said in a horror movie episode, slasher horror is the best horror, but <laughs> psychological horror, in my opinion, is so... It, it's much... It's more... It, my brain's not working... It's more scarier. There's yes, no way <laughs> than supernatural horror. Okay, because you know, take like The Shining for example. We're seeing this guy go from sane to crazy. Okay, let's let's pump the brakes on that because Jack Nicholson starts, starts off crazy. at a ten. All right, and he cranks it up to an eleven. Yeah, I mean that's that's one of Stephen King's problems with the movie. He has lots of problems. That's Did you know? So me and Ashley were watching the new season of American Horror Story in 1984. I have um, not seen an episode. Go ahead. Um, of the new one. And we watch it on the FX app, and they always have two ads, which drives us crazy. But this last episode we watched, they had a second ad for Dr. Sleep. Oh, okay. Yeah. And Stephen is sitting with, I think, the director. It was kind of like a featurette. Mm-hmm. And Stephen was like, yeah, you know, he... You know, he does such a great job, you know, creating his own world, but also paying homage to Steve Stanley Kubrick's movie. Yeah. And I think it's so crazy that he said that, but I think it's because... He goes back and forth because there was a time where he, <sighs> Sorry, where he liked it. There was a time where he didn't hate it. See, I think my theory is He that, goes back and forth. I, my theory is that he knows how culturally significant it is. As a horror movie, it's great. As he just doesn't like it. It's terrible. Yeah. And that's the problem. I think that that's my theory is that he knows, okay, this is a very significant horror movie. Mm-hmm. But I don't like it. And he it's, it's it's a it's a mutual respect. He has enough sense to know no one saw the remake except for myself and my dad. <laughs> <laughs> These two guys right here, best guys. Yeah, they get it. They get it. These other guys, these other clowns, they don't get it. All right. Let me just make my cameo in it chapter two, okay? Yeah, all right. Leave me alone. Um, <laughs> but no, but no, I get I, exactly what you're saying. So I, I, yeah, I just, I just I love psychological horror because I really see the screws coming loose. Yeah, like that's uh, what I loved about Joker. It's is oh, really Joker's seeing so those screws coming loose and really seeing his descent and. I could go either way, and I do most of the time because it's. I go back and forth on whether or not it's a horror film or just like just a good movie, or just you know a, a very very well done detective story. I was just about to say cat and mouse. Yeah, it's. I mean, 
if you think about it, have you seen the movie Prisoners, by the way? The Denis Villeneuve movie? <laughs> with, with, with Hugh Ackman yeah. and Jake Gyllenhaal. And I've Paul wanted Dano. To, I've wanted to watch it. It's brilliant. That's what everyone has told me. Another and, great episode. And they've also told me that um, Jake Gyllenhaal is like a maniac in it. He's so good in it. And there's a lot of choices he makes. Nope, we're not because we got to we we have to do an episode <laughs> on it because it's his we could talk for hours about just the choices he made that I mean it's unbelievable. Did how... he bulk up bulk up for that role? Not really. Really? He looks pretty beefy. That's the jackets. <laughs> Cuz it's in the middle of winter and uh, like I, God knows where but it's snowing and sleeting and raining all that. and so he's just And, and it looks like they have him in really tight shirts too. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so by that I mean in prisoners there's just there's a lot of violence in that as well and in fact it's even more jarring cuz it's so realistic in its mm-hmm. violence that also sort of a cat and mouse who done it sort of a thing and it's i don't know i wouldn't call that a horror movie you know yeah i mean i think it's the crime itself that makes it a horror movie he mm-hmm. was a cannibal this other guy mutilates bodies makes them in suits yeah then, then can i rescind what i said no i mean it's yes i didn't mean no yes you can i'm not saying what you said was wrong no, i'm no, saying no well because now that you're saying it i'm thinking like yeah it's definitely not a horror but psychological thriller because they do say it's the first horror film to win best picture Really? That's why I brought it up. Because mm. I don't know if I do consider it a horror film. Not that it's not scary. It is. It's very scary, very suspenseful. Especially with the uh, Buffalo Bill we shot. We haven't even talked about the night vision scene. All right. Which, I want to know where this motherfucker <laughs> got night vision goggles. Like, military grade. Yeah, those are good night vision goggles. Night man. vision goggles. So expensive. Like, if, like if, if you went to Walmart, because I know Walmart sells them. If you get those night vision goggles, they're just good for like, like oh, you, you can't find your keys at night. Here you go. <laughs> like you can see two feet in front of you. But these, he's like seeing like mile. Like, Man, his his with his hand and touching her hair and you know you're like well she's screwed because she can't see and he can't. Which by the way, um, the contact lenses she had to wear was a great touch because your pupils would dilate so much because it's trying to capture all the light that it can, Mm. right? And so if you look at it, that's a great detail is that her pupils are dilated because it's so dark that her pupils will get so big because it's trying to get all the light. Would you – now, sidebar. Yeah. Did they film that scene with light but Jodie Foster's just pretending that it's dark? Yes. I figured – yeah, but I was like, no. They didn't put her in a dark room with stuff in it that she could bump into and hurt herself with. No, they didn't do that. No, I just I figured as much, but I was like, they did a, such a good job. No, I know it's great. And Jody, I mean Jody Foster is great as well. But I'm like, no, they they had to have filmed it with in light and then in post they fixed it. Yeah, but I'm like, but it's so, but it's, but again, it's I very mean, believable. It is. And the, those fucking goggles, dude. Where did he get them? I don't know. I mean, I don't want to poke plot holes in this, but I want to see him going to the hardware store and getting these fucking goggles. 
I don't, you know, sometimes stuff like that works and sometimes it doesn't. And you were never really here. You see him buy a hammer, right? Mm-hmm. I liked that, right? But, like, if I saw, you know... <laughs> Buffalo Bill going to, like, the Bill. surplus store. Even that I might buy. I don't know. It's 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 interesting because, you know, for some of these guys, you just want them just to already have it, right? Right. You don't but want you to see them. like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, it's, it's you know, well, you don't want to see him grocery shop. Don't they imply that he has a military background? I don't remember. I don't think they do. I think I just made that up. Okay. I agree. I think you made it up. <laughs> um, We're moving on. Okay. Um, we'll do it live. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. And what's funny, even though that's not... Alex Jones. I was just talking about fucking Alex Jones today. <laughs> we'll do it live. We'll do it. That's so stupid. Bill O'Reilly. We'll do it live. Fuck it. We'll do it live. <laughs> so stupid. Anyway. Uh, right. So. <laughs> oh, God. Horror movie, not horror movie. Who cares? It's still brilliant. Yes. And it's still scary. Um, especially that night vision scene is mm-hmm. so so brilliant so oh, yeah. scary yeah because you definitely think you're like, well because you, you you know if you didn't think Clarice was going to make it up to that point you definitely like oh, she's not going to make it now now I do want to I do want to end with the ending where Dr. Chilton could theoretically only come back in a prequel um, yeah. because Hannibal escapes and follows him to it looks like South America don't remember also, well, they don't say either. Don't know what they say. Right. We're not supposed to know where he is. But it's one of the few movies I remember growing up where, because I was very early teens when I saw it. I, I was probably 13 or something mm-hmm. like that. So I was I was young. But um, where the credits roll and there's still action, right? Like, you know, I mean, I can still see. And they're just doing this long zoom. Right. And it's just, and you can see him walking until he's gone. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think on TV they speed it up, but um, if you're just watching it at home, it's you know like on on DVD or the Criterion collection. Um, this episode brought to you by Criterion. I wish um, you just see him walk in real time, and it's you know he's you know in that classic line, which is so great that I'm having an old friend over for oh, I'm having an old friend for, for dinner. dinner. Yeah. Oh, it's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> it's so gross. I love it. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> he's and such a, he's such a rascal, dude. I love that guy. I know, and I think that's why Hannibal is such a iconic villain mm-hmm. because you you is I may I may be mixing this up, but like you hate that you love him, or that you you love that you hate him, or both. Yeah, because I mean, I really don't hate him at all. And no, no, I, I, I love Hannibal Lecter. And I think it'd be different if, like in in the television show Hannibal, you get mm-hmm. to you get to see him do a lot of stuff. Yeah, right? and well, and they paint Hannibal. I say paint. They you see Hannibal in the show in a different light because he still has his psychiatry practice, right? In, in the know, first two is, seasons, this is before Red Dragon, yes. even. Um, and you you get to see these awful things he's doing, and so now you get to make that decision yourself. In this one, you're kind of just on his side right off the bat. 
Yeah, because he's already done all this horrible stuff. We're getting, you know, through exposition what he's done. Right. And so you have to decide. It's different to hear it than to see it, right? Mm -hmm. And so if we had watched him do all that stuff, maybe it's more of a struggle. But even when he kills the cops, you're just like, eh. (laughs) And and it's so – and I really wanted to talk about that before we end the episode. You know, it's so brilliant that he – I want – I want to say he hid the the pin cap under his tongue Mm -hmm. and then pulls, you know, and it's so, and he does it so eloquently too. He goes, because the cops are bringing him his dinner, second dinner, I'd like to point out. Yeah. And it's, and it's kind of a, I kind of get what you're saying when, when you're talking about spoon feeding, because they're like, he wanted lamb chops, like kind of like a wink, wink. Huh? He he wanted lamb chops. Hate it. (laughs) Hate it. If I had one qualm with the movie, it's that. It's that. <laughs> I didn't like that. I loved the illustration he drew. Oh, of 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 Clarice holding a lamb. It's and she is like a Christ figure because the the crucifixes crucifix that crucifix I crucifixes are <laughs> in the background, mm-hmm. right? And she is in like the traditional Jesus kind of like a Mona Lisa. Yeah, it's sort of, of that dress or whatever, and she's holding the lamb, and uh, it's brilliant. I, I love that. I wish I could just find a picture of that because I really like that. Yeah, um, but, but you know, he's he's in his, I guess, his bathroom, which yeah, is just like a sheet. I don't know. He wanted lamb chops. Shut up. It's so <laughs> extra dumb. rare, or me, like medium rare or something. Medium rare. I'm from Tennessee. So stupid. But then he, you know, then he pulls out that. Well, it's not the cap. It's just the. I don't know what it is. The long part on the cap. Yeah. <laughs> but he pulls that out. And again, like everything Anthony Hopkins does for the character is so like eloquent. Mm-hmm. So he pulls it out very almost like like he just finished it's eating. It's one fluid motion. Mm-hmm. Right. And then he hides it by tucking it in between his fingers mm-hmm. and then picks the lock. And I would say that's probably one of the most violent scenes when he beats the sheriff with his nightstick. Yeah. And there's no, there's no, like, expression. Well, there is an expression on his face, but there's no, you know, when you see, like, horror movies or. I know exactly what you mean, because I'm trying to think. He's very, he's very calm. Yeah. As he's uh, bringing all this force. You can see the effort. It's, that's all it is on his face is the physical effort it takes to hit him with. And that's it. Yeah. If it were, wasn't, if he didn't have to hit him that hard, you wouldn't see an expression on his face. It's just you had, he had to hit him really hard. And so that's the expression on his face. Yeah. As we're like, you know, for, you know, like Clockwork Orange, if they had done that, you would see the emotion and the anger as he's, mm-hmm. as we're Hannibal. And then when he picks up the knife, mm-hmm. the, the pocket knife, you know, he picks it up, barely opens it. Closes it back up and says, I'm ready for you, Officer Pembry. <laughs> and it's great because he was just checking to see, is it sharp? Okay, great. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I need it to be sharp because I'm going to cut your face off. Here we go. It's well, like his Otis, Firefly. And then he disembowels the other guy and then strings him up. Yeah. See, that – and I can't even say that that, that part isn't a Hannibal thing because it is because it's the pageantry. It's the, you know – the, the artistic expression of his murders. Mm-hmm. Um, in the show, he does it a lot as well. Um, and 
you know, I read about, you know, I was reading with like Red Dragon and Hannibal. Apparently Hannibal likes to disembowel people. Apparently that's the, the best thing he could do. Yeah, well, he uses a lot of the organs too. No, um, that's there's a great scene in the show where he is preparing lungs to cook. And, you know, he's, he's you know, kneading it and pressing it. And, you know, it's it's kind of gross. But it's also kind of cool because uh, the, the way they shoot those the cooking scenes, which they do a lot of. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I remember that. It's like he's, you know, cooking a steak. I mean, it's it's the the effortlessness he's doing it. It just so happens to be a very recognizable human body part. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but anyway. Um, anyway, <laughs> yeah, disemboweling because he needs those organs. He, need, he needs the that small intestine. Yeah, he needs that that spleen. <laughs> he needs that pancreas. <laughs> he <laughs> he needs that heart. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like he needs oh dim God. lungs. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh my God! Because he hungry. <laughs> And he needs dim eats. So God, what you're saying is he's uh, he's the the better Alton Brown. Yeah. Good eats. Yeah, good eats. Yeah. It's. Uh, <laughs> oh Can you just imagine a good eats show with Anthony Hopkins playing Hannibal Lecter? Like, like. T- What's up, everybody? <laughs> Welcome back. So today. We're, we're looking at a pancreas. Uh, <laughs> There's many different ways to cook the pancreas. <laughs> oh, my God. I would, First oh. thing you're going to want to do is get that carcass out your house because you don't need any of that because you got your pancreas. Oh, my God. Would, you got what you needed from him. He'll think twice about <laughs> He'll think twice about bringing your package late. So, <laughs> anyway, get that mailman. Stick him in the back. All right, now we're here with the pancreas. He's still covered in blood. He hadn't changed yet. All right, so we're it's all over his face. Well, we're going to wash our hands. Um, oh so stupid. I would so watch it, though. Of course. Yeah. I mean, I finish season one from, like, just binge the whole thing. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Hey, everybody. What's up? I'm back. I don't know why I'm not giving him an accent. But See, now that sounds like he's a YouTuber. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Be sure to punch that notification bell. <laughs> Hit that notification bell. Don't forget to hit subscribe. All right. Today. <laughs> and uh, we just like. What's up, everybody? I'm Hannibal. And today, we're going to. It's so stupid. It's your boy. It's your boy, Hannibal. Oh, my God. Today, we're cooking lungs. And guess what? That's right. Double trouble, both lungs. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry if I'm, like, hurting everyone's ears. I, yeah, it's I so fucking funny. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I'm pretty proud of that. That's 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 almost as good as, the, like, ah, well, I'm glad he's dead. Well, he's not dead. I don't know, I wasn't listening. Yeah, I wasn't listening. <laughs> I'm glad he's dead or whatever. I wasn't listening. Anyway. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> Uh, I got lots of bits. I'm full of bits. Dude, I was telling everyone while we were on set, <clears throat> that's all we did all week and was just bits. Yeah, we did bits. <laughs> Pretty good bit. <laughs> yeah, it's all bit. Anyway. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway. <sighs> have we exhausted Silence of the Lambs? I think we have. Okay, great. Um, yeah, so. Uh, whew, Silence of the Lambs 2, colon, good eats. <laughs> 
Tale of Two Kitties. <laughs> Tale of Two Kitties is the best sub <laughs> is the best subtitle ever. It just has all of these it's, it's subtitles. The best. Sidebar. I have to tell you this. So I know you haven't seen Zombieland Two yet. I have not. Tale of Two Kitties. Go ahead. They do a uh, a flashback. Oh, great. I'm going to stay for the credits. Okay. They do a flashback. This isn't a spoiler or anything. Well, good, because we're still on mic and we're still recording. Hey, it's okay. It's been like a week since that movie's been out. It's okay. It actually has been a week. No, it has. It came out last Friday. I know. It it doesn't matter if it's been a week. That's not enough time. I haven't seen it. But but this isn't a spoiler. And it's a flashback of Bill Murray Mm -hmm. before Zombieland. Mm. Doing press for Garfield three, <laughs> flubby t- like flabby tubby or tab- amazing flabby tabby that was it flabby tabby <sighs> because Garfield three because he's a tabby cat Garfield's a tabby <laughs> that's so great uh, but yeah again Garfield two Taylor two kitties Taylor two kitties is <laughs> the best the the best I love it I use it for everything oh my god <laughs> Die Hard two. Taylor Duquettes. <laughs> so stupid. I love it. Bruce Willis and some cat ears. Yeah, that's right. Taylor Duquettes. Uh, any, anyway, yes. Sons of the Limbs. Um, great movie. Will always be a great movie. Um, it should not be touched ever. Hollywood should never remake it. I mean, again, the closest they've gotten is already perfection, which is Hannibal the Television the show. show. Yeah. Um, I wish they would have gotten that fourth season so we can get a little bit of Hannibal. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so like, we can get a little bit of Sansa the Lambs. I, I would have liked to seen who who could have taken up the role as Clarice, Clarice Starling. Yeah, no offense to Julianne Moore, but Jodie Foster. No, I mean, Jodie Foster is Clarice, Clarice Starling. Starling. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, do we know what we're doing next week? We do. Oh, I'm very excited. I, I, thought, I thought we agreed on it because uh, it's too late. I've already told people. Okay, great. Well, I mean, let's do it. I don't so, remember. A little, little tease from next week, everyone. It's because it's my pick this time. Mm-hmm. Um, excuse me. Um, kind of to lighten it up a little bit. <laughs> and I said it as a joke, but we agreed. No, no, no. And, yeah. I've, and I've kept it. I think I remember. We're going to talk about a Goofy movie. <laughs> Very exciting. Now, I don't believe Goofy cuts anyone's face off in this one. So I think this will be the first week in like two weeks that we haven't had anyone cut someone's face off. So that's nice. Yeah, I was looking back at our at our the that our of our season two, and like let, let, let's, let's 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 look at this together. So season two. Okay, uh, I'm ready. Reservations with Rain and Jerry. <laughs> Started off with <laughs> nocturnal animals. Okay, great. People getting raped and murdered. Yep, raped and murdered. Then we did a clockwork orange. People rape, getting rape and raped and murdered. Yep. And then we did um, devil's rejects. Ah, sexually assaulted and murdered. Damn. But faces getting cut off. Faces getting cut, cut, off. cut off. And now this with uh, ah, people getting off. turned into skin suits. And face is getting cut off. And then next week, a Goofy movie. A Goofy movie! <laughs> Alright, so hey, Powerline fans, get ready. <laughs> Still waiting for that album. What? what? Um, to give a little a little more tease as a fun fact, the fun fact that I gave you and Alex on the way to set, um, Powerline is an amalgam that Disney used of Prince 
and Michael Jackson. I do love Prince. I am apathetic towards Michael Jackson. <laughs> I like Michael Jackson, okay? It's not that I don't. It's just like, what if that rape stuff is real, you know? Which, so what you're saying is it's how it's me and Kanye. You like his music, but you don't like him as a person. <sighs> He's just so crazy that I do like him as a person because he's so crazy. He just dropped that gospel album, man. Jesus is king. I have not heard it yet. It's is it, fucking crazy. Is it amazing? Because <laughs> <laughs> he's out of his mind. Uh, anyways, <laughs> Goofy Movie 2, Tale of Two Kitties. Well, they're dogs. I understand. But they did do a sequel. It's called an extremely goofy movie. Tale of Two Kitties. Which we might talk about. Yeah. A little bit. Because oh. it's gammas. <laughs> the Delta gammas. <laughs> <laughs> that Goofy uh, lights the, the lead guy on fire when they're doing their, like, induction ritual. Yeah. <laughs> and the fact that they showed a frat ritual in a children's movie... Delta Gammas. ...is insane. <laughs> yeah, and then he makes it with that super good-looking library. <laughs> I mean, cartoon librarian. <laughs> that was very good-looking. Uh, anyway... So we we hope everyone enjoyed uh, our story of visiting a real movie set. And, and we did actually get into Sansa Lamps, so that was good. Yes. And uh, we hope everyone looks forward to uh, next week of a goofy movie. A goofy movie. And then it'll, after that, it'll be a Jeremy pick. Yes. So, well, we hope everyone enjoyed, and uh, we'll see you next week.